0: KXNO Ken Miller Trent Condon Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO
1: All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on a Thursday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460, and now on 106.3 FM as we talk sports with you over the next couple of hours. We are going to be all over the map today as uh, we bounce around the world of sports, taking you right up until noon. The BMW of Des Moines guest list looks like this. Uh, there's only one guest in the first hour. Not that we're going to keep uh, Ames football coach, although I get what we call him, former Ames. Yes, field. yeah. Now
2: retired. Bruce
1: Ferton. And, you know, we. This is a story to me, Trent, that uh, maybe it's not getting the play that it deserves, which is why that uh, I reached out to him. Mm-hmm. I don't know him. Uh, but when you coach young men in high school and do so for. Three decades for crying out, you've had to have made an impact,
2: oh, there's no doubt, and, and you think of the players that we know that have gone through right. that system and and the D1 players, but everybody else that goes goes through there. in fact, I was just talking to Mark Charter, who uh, you know mm-hmm. and Mark played for him at Ames and was also coach Verton was also his track coach and helped him out with the long that. job and, yeah. and that's something that he did. but it'll be interesting to get the perspective of somebody that has gone through it. You hear this all the time. Can I hear it all the time? Kids are different. But you don't hear that from educators. Yeah. You hear that from people that actually aren't in that vein. And and I want to get his perspective. Technology, social media, mm-hmm. whatever it is, it's ruining safety in the game. This generation, mm-hmm. well, Um, For you, it was rock music is ruining that generation and whatever it is. Trent, I was alive when Elvis couldn't shake his hips on TV. Right. right. And there's always something here. The Ed Sullivan Show. People always persevere, don't they? We always find a way. So it'll be good to get Bruce in here, talk with him and and talk about his retirement, though he's going to stay, keep teaching. Saw that, yep. Special education teacher. And that's something certainly near and dear to my heart as a former special education teacher and been doing that for as long as he has, a tip of the ball cap, maybe even more commendable than the years he put on the sidelines.
1: Uh, absolutely, I mean, if if, uh, if if Ames was in Polk County, it would be a no-brainer, and everybody would be covering the story. And then you know what? I'm, I'm maybe the other t- uh, networks did it, but I saw it on KCCI KCCI.com, So I want to give them credit. They went up and did a piece. And honestly, to be uh, crystal clear here, that's how the idea popped into my head. Mm-hmm. You know what? This guy's not getting enough love. And uh, again, don't know him at all, but um, tip of the cap to him for doing that for three decades. Uh, we were scheduled to have Scott Miller, the lead Major League Baseball analyst, or columnist rather, for Bleacher Report. But he got a little busy, as every single baseball writer here uh, did this morning. Uh, just when you think that the Astros couldn't make this thing any worse, they managed to do so today. Uh, and uh, you're going to see a lot of these clips. It's going to be a big story, I think, that, throughout the day anyways, as the Astros have made their way to spring training and for the first time, that uh, all the press is there, and all the players are there, and they're getting microphones stuck in their face. And Jim Crane, the owner, has come out and uh, and he's uh, done a press conference poorly, I might add, uh, as a lot of them have done. Uh, we just, we saw the Carlos Beltran stuff. He was, uh, I guess, the ringleader of this. Some of the young players have come out and say, well, look, we 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 just kept our mouth shut." We're we're, and I understand they're rookies. You you know, you're looking at a 20 year veteran who is who's going to have the, who's going to uh, command the clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. The 20 the 20 year veteran, not the guy who's you know a call up in September or at some point uh, during the season. Although Carlos Correa came flat out said B.S. Anybody could have spoke up on this team, and nobody did. There was no intimidation. Uh, it's a bad story, Trent, and you know. We're not to do more on this at 10.45, but just let me finish this, and then we'll go into our 11 o'clock hour. Um, when the story broke, and we had Cappy on, and Cappy was the first to, his opinion, you've got to take the World Series away from him. Right. Ah, you can't do that. Come on, we all saw the World Series. You can't take that away. What are you going to do? You can't. It's just I saw with my own two eyes who won the World Series. As time has gone on since that, mm-hmm. since it first broke,
2: I'm starting to think... You're maybe getting there? I'm starting to get there. That we will have a vacated title for 2017. I mean, they're not going to have to give the rings back. Right. Right. The, the bonuses ba-
1: don't go back. But precisely. The banner might come down. Yes. I mean, Major League Baseball... Trent, that's that was blatant cheating. And I know one of the big topics is, well, what would you rather do? Face a guy on steroids? Steroids is rampant. You're not going to go back and take down the titles from those decades. Well, you still got to hit the ball. Would you rather, would you rather try go out to the plate knowing that you're all roided up and try to hit a baseball? Would you rather go to the plate, not roided up, and know what pitch is coming?
2: I think the latter. Absolutely. I don't think it's close. Interesting. Yeah. I, and it's funny to see, hear you kind of move that direction I about have. vacating because when, when it happened, I was like, okay, I can see it. it it's, it's just circumstance. It's nothing that mm-hmm. actually matters because, like you said, we all saw it. We saw how the results played out here, but... I was fine with it when that was mentioned. There, now, the NCAA has done that many, many mm-hmm. times, and banners come down. Be it national championships, final fours, whatever it may be. I saw Reggie Bush's Heisman year; he's the best player in college football. He doesn't have his Heisman trophy doesn't anymore. Have his Heisman trophy
1: anymore because his parents got to live for free.
2: <laughs> Not a bad gig for them either. <laughs> no, the way that played out. But yeah, yeah and, and I'm fine with that because yes, it's just more symbolic than anything. But when somebody goes up there and you take your well, look your at the young, Altuve video trend. Yeah, well, that that, that is. I think the most damning evidence that you have of anything out there, he is literally lipping the words, I have a wire. Right. I have a wire. I'm not a professional lip reader, but I think mm-hmm. anybody can see that clear a day. That is what he's saying as he's making his way to home plate. Didn't want to have the jersey ripped off. And what happens when you cross home plate in a walk-off situation?
1: You get your jersey ripped off and a Gatorade or water port all over you, and he's warning his his teammates as he's coming down the third baseline, I'm wearing a wire, and he's got his hands up on the – essentially you know just below the collar of his jersey, holding it together, mm-hmm. don't rip this off of me. I'm wearing a
2: wire. Guys 1 through 25 don't know what that means? Of course, yeah. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: Oh, I get it. I'm wearing one, too. Right.
2: Yeah. Oh, or it, it was his turn. We only have a couple of them, and it was his turn, and he hits a walk-off to send us to the World Series. It is no doubt a tainted World Series. Mm-hmm. They will be remembered, and is this going to go down in the same vein as the Black Sox scandal? Well, you know, interesting point, Trent. That's You know, I hadn't thought of
1: that. That was gambling and... Boy, that's fixing games. Mm-hmm. What is this, though?
2: <laughs> In a way, it's fixing In games. In a way, right?
1: it's, it's certainly giving yourself a competitive edge. Look, I get everybody steals signs, but they don't steal signs and then bang a freaking garbage can. Or you don't get a buzz when whatever the signal is, if you're going to get a buzz if it's a fastball, or if you don't get a buzz, you know it's a breaking ball. Uh, is that? That's a great question. Is this going to be... Because it, if you're a sports fan, the Black Sox scandal happened in 1919, Yeah, right?
2: We're over 100 years now.
1: Over 100 years, we still know about it. We do. And I've known about it. I'm six years old. I've known about it for a long time, and you've known about it yeah. as a
2: sports fan for a long time. Before Field of Dreams, I knew the story of the Black Sox yes. scandal. So what will kids that are
1: 8, 10, 12 teenagers... Will they, you know, 40, 50 years ago from now, remember back in the 2000s, early 2000s,
2: the Astros scandal? That's a great question. I'm sure they will. I, I think the Astros as a whole, it's a tainted organization yeah. in a big time way. And when people now going forward, when they're talking about cheating mm-hmm. in any vein in the sports realm, the Astros are going to be one of the first teams talked about. Yeah, interesting.
1: All right, uh, we will uh, move on to the 11 o'clock hour. Joe O'Donnell from the Iowa Wild is going to slide on here. And I always look, to, uh, look forward to our conversations with Joe. Uh, I hope he's going to be able to come in studio. If not, we'll get him on the phone. They've got a couple more games this week. I'm going to talk to him about, uh, well, I'm going to. Uh, we're going to talk to him about, obviously, the Iowa Wild, but, boy, the Minnesota Wild over the last couple of years, some of the young core that you thought were you know, they were going to build around, Zucker and Niederreier and Coyle. Um, Granlin, uh some of these young players that look to be the core of this hockey club all been moved out over the last couple of years. So we'll do some parent club We'll do some Iowa wild stuff as Jerry Mayhew continues uh, to light the lamp. He's got to get his opportunity at the next level before long. And then Wade looking, Bill, will wrap things up with us. Uh, Wade will slide on in here at about 11.25 or thereabouts. We'll preview uh, tonight's Iowa contest. Uh, certainly looking forward to that one. 7 o'clock, the Big Ten Network has it. We'll recap the Valley, both of the games in the Valley. Drake fell uh, last night to Mo State. Illinois State gave uh, you and I a scare for a little while. Yeah, they did. We'll talk about the that the you and I game too. That hit that uh, made those series of shots to win ten thousand dollars. I'm not going to give him the money, which on the surface doesn't seem right. Let's get Jason in here. Don't want to keep him uh, on hold for too long. Jason, welcome to Miller and Condon. What's on your mind? Yeah, thanks for taking
3: my call, guys. Um, first, uh, preface this, I'm a Cubs fan, so what the Astros did really doesn't bother me, or doesn't matter to me as much. But uh, if you're going to punish the Astros. Why not make it – you can leave the banner. You can leave with a – you don't have to strip the World Series from them, but the next two or three years they're eligible for the playoffs, keep them out.
4: Hmm.
1: But you don't let them back into the playoffs until they're eligible. you gotta, you got to make something – So, so a playoff hard. ban is what you're saying, kind of like what they do in college football? Yeah. yeah. I mean, but they've – you can't say you've got three years you're not
3: eligible because then they'll just tank for three years.
4: Right.
3: you got to make them eligible – if the times are eligible, then you keep
1: them out. All right, Jason, thanks for the call. Not sure how that will work in the pro sports. Interesting take. Um, I don't know. Retroactively, look, I saw who won the World Series, but now that, now that I'm seeing
2: maybe how they won the World Series. I saw Michigan go to back-to-back national championship games. Those are no more longer yeah. hanging in the rafters. Right. They are stripped from the record books. Mm-hmm.
1: True story. Uh, John wants to join the program. John Cannon. Hey, John, how are you?
3: Hey, guys, I'm, I'm really glad to hear you talking about this. I think it's a, a much bigger deal than people originally thought. Totally agree. And as the, the depth of it um, and more things continue to come out with Beltran and, and all this, it's really uh, shocking. And I, I just want to add a little personal thing here. I am, I, I've known Dusty Baker for 20 years.
1: Right. You and, covered him, right?
3: Uh, yeah. When mm-hmm. I was in Phoenix on the radio, he'd show up, obviously, every spring training. And, and, and I got to know him. And that says more about Dusty than it does about me. Because everyone who ever right. met Dusty is his best friend. Right. I still can't root for the Astros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I can't do it. It's, it's I mean, going to be interesting. A terrible operation, a terrible organization, top to bottom. Been that way for years. And now they got caught at it. And here's a, here's a guy that I want so much to do well, to get a chance to get to another World Series, to get a chance to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh-huh. And I still can't root for his team. Because of
1: this. Now, it's an interesting um, question. I wonder what Astros fans are feeling here today. I mean, if you were a hardcore a hardcore Astros fan, I guess if Trent and I were doing uh, talk radio in Houston, <laughs> uh, this portion of the program probably wouldn't be going over very well because if Twitter yeah. is any indication, this is the best uh, the overblown story in the history of sports, according to them. Right. I'm That's with you, John. Mean. Right. I'm with you. This yeah. is well, This and- is a story. There's more layers of it to come, I think.
3: Well, all of the guys the players who have come out and said, you know, I know people whose careers were ruined, Right? who worked their whole lives to get one shot, but it happened to be against the Astros, and they got drilled, and they never got another shot. Right? You hear a few of those stories, and it's like, whoa, this is not victimless crime.
1: There are nine pitchers whose last appearance in the major leagues was against that Astros team in 2017. These were call-ups. These I
3: didn't even know that. Nine that's a guys. Huge. Yeah,
1: that was reported in the Athletic. Molly, Molly, Molly Knight, maybe. Uh, but anyways, John, thanks for the call. Appreciate. It. Good to well, hear from hey, you. Thank God for the
3: Athletic because
1: without the Athletic, you know, we don't know about any of this. Yeah, that's, and, <laughs> yeah. that's a Great point. And that's a big deal.
3: And last thing I want to say is, you talked about the Black Sox, and I told Trent this off air. I don't think this gets the legs the Black Sox get unless players get suspended for mm-hmm. life. That Joe Jackson being suspended for mm-hmm. life. I think, is what made that Black Sox thing live on for 100 years. So we'll have to see what happens with that.
1: John, good to hear from you. Thanks, guys. Thank Appreciate the phone call. 284-596-S. I guess we'll go down this road for a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, Happy to do so. If you want to slide on in here, we'll uh, get you on the air. Uh, Ryan is next. Ryan, welcome to Miller & Condon. What's on your mind this morning?
5: Uh, A couple things. not a huge (laughs) baseball fan anymore, but...
1: Why not? Ryan, let me stop you there just real quick. When you say anymore, what made you uh, kind of gravitate away from the game?
5: As far as like watching it on TV, I guess, I still, just with the kids and everything going on, I'll watch a little bit here and there, but, but still go to Wrigley or Kansas City a year or two ago. I'll still hit games, but mm-hmm. just not like follow it. I'll look at box scores, but not necessarily watch it as much. But being a Dodger fan... I, I remember watching that World Series, and actually my wife watched a lot of it. It was exciting. And them taking the lead, and then the Astros would always hit a home run or two to come back. Mm-hmm. And then now, and with Kershaw not winning it, now looking back, and just, you look back at what actually happened, and it's like, what a total crock.
1: Yeah, uh, not good, uh, no doubt about it. I th- no, we'll see where it goes, Ryan. Uh, appreciate the- I appreciate it. I got well, go one ahead. more point yep. on this. Yep, yep. Uh,
5: and if I'm not mistaken, didn't Hugh Darvish get rocked? Yes, yes, he did. And then they said he was—they said he was tipping his pitches, right? So he changes his whole motion and gets injured possibly because of it, I mean, <laughs> That's look great what he point. did to that guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that just derailed him since then. He hasn't been the
1: same. Till late this past year mm-hmm. when he started to look like the Yu Darvish that the Cubs thought they were getting. Ryan, yeah, great point I've on that. him back for
2: years. Excellent point. Thanks for the phone call. Good stuff uh, there from Ryan. Absolutely. And think about Yu Darvish. If he had another year before free agency and he was as oh. bad as he was, I mean, we're talking about tens of millions of mm-hmm. dollars. It would have cost you, Darvish. This... Now he'd made some money, and I'm not saying sure. that
1: I don't feel bad for him. Uh, it was certainly going to uh, maybe derail him
2: for a while till he got back. But those guys, the the, the nine guys, That's Trent, amazing. How about Clayton Kershaw? When we think, when I say the name Clayton yeah. Kershaw, what do you think? Do you think? P- piss poor in the playoffs. That's exactly what you think, and a part of that is what happened in that World Series. Well, if the Astros don't know what's coming, maybe we have a different yeah. conversation about Clayton Kershaw. He moves up, and he's going to be a Hall of Famer, but becomes a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, there again, the layer upon layer that you talked about. It's Does crazy. this keep
1: Carlos Beltran out of the Hall of Fame? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt. Interesting.
0: Uh, Casey's next. Casey, how are you? Hey, good. How are you doing today, guys? Doing fine. So uh, something comparatively that I've always thought about all this is uh, think about the steroid issue or the steroid time uh-huh. when guys were extending their careers and all the minor leaguers that never got an opportunity no. to change the, you know, the generations for them. Mm-hmm. You saw when they were gone, the the way they started bringing young kids up and the way the games kind of changed, become faster and younger. Um, you don't see guys playing after 35 as much. And there was a group where we, there was a 10, 10 to 15 year span where we had multiple guys, 32 to 40 playing wow, these guys in the minor leagues never got an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Think of, I mean, Fair a, point. they're bringing up a lawsuit on nine guys or whatever it is. I mean, you, you take a guy for Casey Blake, for instance. I mean, he was in the minors for a long time and got a great opportunity when the Indians just decided to clean house and give him a shot. Mm-hmm. And look at what that did. You know?
4: All
0: right,
1: there's a great point on the young, on the uh, back in the steroid there, the guys that didn't partake and didn't participate. That certainly hurt them. Thanks for the call, Casey. Appreciate it. Dave Robertson, who was with the uh, Yankees in game in, in 2017, he was quoted yesterday's New York, one of the New York tabloids. Um, he pitched in game six and said that he left the bullpen, in his mind, with the best stuff that he had had all year long. Gave up four. They didn't get an out. Did not get an out.
2: It's a different level. It's a completely different mm-hmm. level that this goes to. And the game to. was in Houston. My yeah. dad. And it was in Houston, right. which uh, adds that particular layer that we talk about. This great point here on Twitter. I want to bring this up. You can uh, find us on Twitter at Miller and Condon. Ken at I'm, I am Ken, Ken Miller and Trent Condon is where you can find us. Jay Clark checking in here. How could the cheating Astros even go down close in history compared to the Black Sox when Rob Manfred gave them immunity. Yeah, They won't even be penalized or fined. Yeah. It's a complete joke, and Manfred gave future cheaters a reason mm-hmm. to continue to do so.
1: The fact that these guys are going to skate, Trent, and I guess that the, the, they would say, and they have said, that the reason that they gave them immunity is because they wanted to get to the absolute bottom of the story, and the only way that they were going to do that was going to get the uh, players to open up and not fear for suspension. Therefore that's what they did. But it's a great point. Uh Manfred did give them essentially carte blanche and Oh boy. This is a this is a bad story. This is a black guy. I mean mm-hmm. this is a black guy for, for the Houston Astros in particular. Oh, man. Trent, you made what it was like for well, I just remember Ryan Braun. I mean, look, there's been others. I mean, Barry Bond's in every Major League ballpark. Mm-hmm. He heard it forever, right? But Ryan Braun, and even at home, can you imagine? I mean, the Astros going on the road, Every they're going to have to answer this every night. One of them's going to snap at some point.
2: There's 29 teams they'll go to over the course of the season, what, 20 different cities, something like that. Yeah, probably 20. Every yeah. beep writer in every place that haven't seen the Astros, they'll be asking the question. The same questions will be asked mm-hmm. how it impacted those teams. All right, they're making their way to Seattle. Well, you remember this game in Seattle and it was the 8th inning and all of a sudden the Mariners were up 4-2 hmm. and back-to-back home runs and it was a those those individual stories for each organization that has been impact has been talked about. We've seen where this all started with the Oakland Athletics who has been as an organization. Mike Fires, yeah. They have had a lot to say about that, at least, uh, kind of whispering in hushed tones. And, well,
1: they're not the only ones, Trent, because yes. the spring training has, has started to pitchers and catches reporting. And now a lot of the, you know, the entire, the veterans are starting to, uh, uh, to get there on deadline. There's a look. It's going to be a question, regardless of the team. If you're covering the Toronto Blue Jays or the Seattle Mariners or fill in the blank, you're going to, if you're a reporter, if you're covering spring training, you're going to ask a veteran on some team like what do you what's your take on this whole Astros thing or you're going to ask a pitcher do you think it affected you when you went into Houston I go back to the start that you had in June you were pitching pretty well you go in there and you got shelled I mean do you look at that differently now
2: a relief pitcher you've had 12 consecutive scoreless innings until you saw the 2017 Houston Astros This is the story of spring training and it's not even close So It was such a wonderful story, too. Sports Illustrated, what, four years before your 2017 World Series champions. They They put them on there as they were completely rebuilding. They were losing 100-plus games in multiple years. It was a complete teardown, and we're going to do this differently than anybody has before. Uh We're going to start with these guys at a young level. We're going to teach them this way of playing baseball. It was something that we had never seen at that level. We'd seen teams do things similar and of course, advanced analytics and those things, but they took it to the nth degree. So do we think it ends here? Do we think that this is just stealing signs and mm, this is Everybody it? wants an edge, strength? This isn't... What this about is... the pitchers? The pitchers, they did nothing? Oh, we p- p- Because their spin rates? That was something that was a yeah. big, impactful... Their spin rates and guys... Justin Verlander, a prime example, was on threads at the end of his time with the Tigers. He goes to Houston and he finds the mm, Fountain of Youth. He did. What exactly did he find? Is it as simple as mechanics, or is there something even more sinister there? The question has to be asked now, I think, of Verlander and all those guys, in the pitching side of things, mm-hmm. because it can't just be the hitters, right? If you're cheating on one side, you're probably going to be cheating well, on the I other. Well, I know
1: in steroids. I mean, when in yes. the steroid era, everybody was doing it. Look, th- this is different than look when the third base coach goes to his wrist and then goes to his right ear, the runner's going. Yeah. I mean,
2: that's baseball. We figured out the indicator. We know it's right. every time he t- taps his nose. The next one, that's the actual sign. Right. Or you're standing on second base, precisely. and they're going through, and it's the second is the indicator, and you know that fifth one, that's the one that they're actually using that's for the pitch. That's baseball. You figure that out. That is part of the game. Right. One of the greatest, Paul Molitor, at doing that. He could steal signs with anybody, yep. and he was a great player along with it, mm-hmm. and he was celebrated for that. But this technology involved... Banging trash cans, making noise. Buzzers. Buzzers. And that, to me, why isn't that a bigger part of the story? I, I think the caller was right. I think it's Manfred. It's a, it's immunity. Rob Manfred, is he in trouble? No. Is he in trouble if this continues to be such a negative because he gave these players immunity? He didn't work to get to the bottom of it going through other channels. He went mm-hmm. the easiest route. I'll give immunity and we'll get the full story and we'll go from there. Is it too much of a negative in... There's a lot of negative happening right now with Rob Manfred. We like the playoff proposal. We are uh, off on an island. I I don't get that that one. one. I
1: don't get what's not
2: to like. I I saw another poll last night. It was like 88% of people (laughs) hated it. For the twelve percenters, look,
1: and I and I kind of consider myself old school, right? I'm yeah. old. I'm old school, and I'm all for this. Anyways, we've got to get Bruce Burton in here. I want to give him uh, his, pay, uh, his due. He deserves it. and We're going to do it. Um, but before we do that, it's time to pay your bills with iHeartRadio, fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six point three uh, FM. Text the keyword "taxi" to 200, 200 right now. It's your chance to win a thousand dollars. By the way, KXNO does not have a winner. Let's get it done in this promotion over the last four weeks. We're running out. of of promotion. Uh, Text the keyword Taxi to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, we're going to switch gears entirely. We're going to talk a little high school football next. Is a three-decade coaches calling into career Bruce Furtan, head coach at Ames. He'll spend a few minutes with Trent and I Uh, on the eleven o'clock hour. We're going to talk some puck. We're going to talk some Hawks, and we will get into recapping. In fact, probably at ten forty-five or so, we'll recap Iowa State. We'll recap Drake. We'll do the same with you and I. Miller and Condon until noon. It's fourteen sixty k. And 106.3 FM. Ken Miller, Trent Condon,
0: Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO.
3: And now on 106.3 FM.
1: Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. As mentioned at the top of the show, head coach Bruce Furtin and from Ames, a little cyclone, is going to join us. In fact, he's with us now, retiring after three decades of uh, coaching young men on uh, during football season. That certainly gets my attention. And Coach, uh, Trent Condon, Ken Miller, congratulations on the run, uh, and congratulations on, uh, uh, on uh, heading into retirement. Although, that's kind of a part-time thing with you, because you're still going to be around, coach. But congratulations. How are you?
4: I'm doing great thanks thanks for having me yeah retirement for teacher coaches especially multi sport guys I could kind of do it in uh in phases you know so uh I've coached basketball football and track and taught uh for all these years and uh um just kind of out one one area right now
1: so what was behind it coach did you know that uh you know on senior night this past season uh the last time that the you know you guys were uh in front of the home crowd did you know then that this might be the last time that you you know standing on the sidelines as the head coach did you know then
4: no i, I did not i it probably uh you know the way these the way a postseason goes uh you know whenever your last loss is and uh um you usually wrap up your at least we have. We wrap up our season, thank our seniors, send them out of the room, and then uh, bring the next year's uh, juniors and seniors, or we, we we address next year's team with kind of a theme uh, and, and and almost kick it off immediately. And uh, um, it kind of felt right there that I wasn't ready to do it at that time. Mm-hmm. It took a week, took a took a month, um, got through the the break, and uh, that's when it. That's when it kind of hit me so it's it not, it not something that I was ever you know thinking ahead to uh it's just something that i've re, you know I've done repeatedly for for thirty four years in one one manner or, or another and uh, just felt like the right time
2: coach as you uh, look back at your career a lot of great players certainly have come through the Ames high school walls you've seen guys that have gone on played at high levels of division one football you've seen that throughout is there a guy or two that stand out the guys that Moved on that you that played for you, and you knew from the get go when you got them on campus when they're starting to go through freshman sophomore years that you had a guy that was going to play at the highest levels.
4: Well, uh, you know, with with my nineteen years as the head coach, I, I was fortunate uh, in my years as an assistant defensive coordinator through the nineties. Jamie Burrow went on to be a, <laughs> a multi-year starter at Nebraska and got a free. His brother's match. pretty good, yeah. I hear. <laughs> yeah. His brother's not too bad. Yeah. That's been a fun run. Yeah. Uh, Dustin Avey, uh, uh, Ben Cronin, uh, I could go on and on of all the great guys that we were able to coach during that stretch. And then since my head coaching tenure, uh, um, you know, there was five guys that went on to that achieve at a high level. Uh, Austin, obviously, multiple-year mm-hmm. starter at Iowa State. Uh, um Sam Tim went to UNI, was a a, a four-year letter winner, three-year starter, came back and beat Iowa State. That's kind of big for a a guy who might have been under-recruited by his hometown and come back and beat him. So Sam is always close to my heart. Um, Sam Straub went on to Southern Illinois. Joe Evans at Iowa. uh, And Colin Newell um, is, you know, is is somebody that I, I hold in the highest regard. So um, Alex Brammer went on to become an All American at Grandview and uh, just fortunate. And that's not anything to do with me. When you coach at names high, um, you are for any length of time, you're going to be surrounded by greatness because the kids uh, that you get to deal with are outstanding.
1: Did you ever see uh, a young, uh, Joe Burrow on the, you know, Kibbetson around or everything? Can you remember him around the program at all?
4: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He was, uh, um, throughout this run this year, uh, um we had my daughter and him are about the same age my daughter went on um uh, is now a teacher here in our community and was a isu dancer and uh and so there was a picture of joe and my, my daughter kelsey uh kelsey holding the pom-pom joe holding the football well wow my mother-in-law was babysitting him, <laughs> um so that uh we had that photo and uh um we kind of we 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 put that out kind of as a fun thing as a reminder, but the Burrow family, Jimmy Burrow is not just a right. uh, person. He's a mentor. He was the guy that um, Jimmy came on in the mid-90s to our staff as a, quote, volunteer assistant football coach. Here he was, a, a former NFL football player, mm-hmm. a Division One uh, defensive coordinator, and he came in and said, I will do whatever I can to help you, and that is he showed with so much humility and uh, Coach Vance Downs and I learned so much from him. We will always be indebted to him.
2: Bruce Verton and joining us, former Ames High football coach, head coach, and still staying on as a teacher at Ames High School. Coach, one thing that I hear continually as I broadcast a lot of high school events, and it's normally from people that actually aren't invo- involved with the youth, is boy, kids today, they've changed so much. It's, as you've seen the evolution, you've seen the change over the last 34 years as an educator, how different are the kids?
4: Oh, I don't think so. I think uh, um, there's my last season here, uh, these were some of the nicest young men that I've ever had. Uh, so, if they're an example of, uh, you know, I, I, th- I started back in, in like 86 uh, and this group that I'm saying goodbye to, uh, led by Cooper Downs, our uh, Vance's son, who's mm-hmm. going on to play at St. John's, and uh, um, Gabe Ante and others, those are his, fine finer group of kids that I've ever had—they're all outstanding students. So, uh, yeah, there's been changes. There, obviously, the impact of social media has changed a lot, um, and uh, those kind of things. But uh, kids are kids, and uh, and and
1: they've been great to work with. How about emphasis on safety, Coach? I mean, it's it's such a big talker right now that uh, the game seemingly is, I don't want to say it's under fire, but there's certainly been a lot of eyeballs, and rightly so when CTE comes up uh, into it. Where, was football late getting to that? Was football late to change or late to maybe recognize what the uh what head injuries in the sport and not just football i mean it's, it goes it goes across a lot of sports uh but was were, were sports slow to adapt to what was necessary to prevent brain injuries
4: i think we probably uh were and we're kind of always you know it seems to be a lawsuit driven society and yeah. uh, when lawsuits happen change happens unfortunately you wish it would happen for the right reasons you know uh I always kind of compare or use the example that uh, I'm, a, I'm personally a Packer fan and Brett Favre is someone I always, you know, would be rooting for. And, you know, the fact that he was praised for not missing a game for, let's say, 15 years in right. the NFL, when he very well, the only reason that happened was a trainer was would have been fired if he said he cannot go back <laughs> in, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, once they started giving uh, – medical staff uh, some freedom to make the best decision, and, the, you know, someone needed to take his helmet many times and uh, not be praised for the longevity, so as far as the game right now, I mean, our practices were, uh is, I mean, the game has changed so much, I mean, when I played, the coach would lie, lay you on your back, you know, a yard away from the biggest guy on the team and blow a whistle, and you'd turn around and hit him and see who's the toughest and, when you look back, that is, uh, that's kind of ridiculous. you know. You, now we teach them proper head placement, uh, um, we, much less physical contact in practice. Uh, um, everything has changed to the better, and I think uh, the game is headed in the right direction.
2: Coach, when you uh, go through this long tenure, it, it's been great, some of those highlights certainly that you have had. But the other side of it, and I saw a quote from you in the Ames Tribune. Our friend of the program, Dylan Montz, did the interview with you. Talking about what you'd like to see for the next football coach who replaces you and the importance of having somebody that is an educator that's in those hallways every day that gets to know these kids because there's plenty of great coaches that don't have that kind of background that aren't teachers. But I believe like you at the high school level, especially as a head coach in a program like football, the importance of having somebody that is in there and gets to see these guys, not just the two hours of practice every day, but over the course of the day.
4: Uh, yes. And, you know, and it can be accomplished a couple of different ways. I'm a, a, you know, obviously a supporter of a teacher educator because that's what I am. Um, I will say in the two years that Jimmy Burrow was our head coach, that was before he got back into the college game. Um, he was a, he was a, a sports salesman, but he, because of his job, he made it a point. He started every day in the lobby of Ames High School mm. and he had an office at Ames High School and he, um, he was very, very available at all times so but you're right. Um, I've always thought coaching goes beyond just the X's and O's so that I think that I think I mentioned in that article that you know when I go watch a kid uh, you know play in a tennis match uh, because he's one of my guys in football that's coaching or when I go watch him in a play because he believed in the play, but he's my starting running back I had that that's hmm. that's coaching. There's uh coaching happens in all different ways. So when a kid looks out there and says, oh, my coach cares about me and something beyond football, they usually tend to play a little harder for
1: you. Uh, more than uh W's and L's, isn't it? It's, it's, it's the, well, I mean, what's your most rewarding moment, I guess, coach, is it, is it getting a kid back on the right path or, you know, just giving them camaraderie? I got to think those are some of the biggest rewards you get in, uh, for the time that you've put in.
4: Well, when you get a kid, um, I, you know, every every coach has had this where you get a kid who's thinking about quitting and you sit him down in your office and you talk him out of it. Uh, it's almost 100%. Uh, the kids that you talk out of it on senior night are crying when they give you a hug mm-hmm. and they say, thanks, coach. Um, I think of uh, one young man, uh, I've had many, like a, a guy by the name of Dominic Howard who went on to become a, an all-Big Ten, all-American level thrower, a discus thrower for University of Minnesota. You know, midway through his junior year, he said, I just don't think football's for me. I'm going to concentrate on track. And uh, and being, ended up becoming a captain and becoming a tremendous player. Um, that, that kind of stuff happens uh, all the time. And, uh, you know, uh, I got many nice texts uh, and emails. I got a nice text from a guy that never played a minute. Wow. And he said, Co-, he said Coach, uh, thanks for how you made me feel. You made me feel part of the team. Um, and I'll never forget it. And that—that uh, that means as much as Austin yep. saying um, thanks for everything. They both mean a tremendous amount. But uh, that kind of stuff. But uh, I will—I will have to say. Can I say one thing about a regret? Because I still—you uh, know—we had a great run in 2013. We were 11, and 0, and then the Rails came off second half versus Valley, and that team I'll always be proud of. But Austin's senior year—that was before the tournament was seeded. You know, now it's. Oh. Seeded. And we were the two, number two, we were 8-1, a tremendous team. I'd only lost the Valley. They were 8-1. and one. That would basically it would have been the 1-2 or the 2-3 seeded teams, and we, get, we draw each other first round. Mm. And uh, have a back-and-forth battle. Uh, we're up by 13. We swing it back. We have a final play of the game. Uh, falls out of our hands. We lose at the buzzer. And that team, that kind of game probably would have been played in the Dome now when it's seeded because it had been 1-16, 2-8, and so forth. Um, I always, I always feel because that team gets forgotten from Ames High, and it's one of the most one of the best teams I've ever been around. But first round loss, you, you get kind of, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You like the
4: new <laughs> RPI system? Then a little bit better is what you're well, saying. <laughs> I was like, you know, again, Tom Wilson. That was his first year, and Tom wasn't too happy about coming up playing us. You know, <laughs> sure. like what in the world are we playing each other first round? But. Uh, um No, that's, but the memories are the relationships. Uh, you know, as I said, wins and losses will fade, uh, but the relationships are the ones that will, will hold on.
1: Well, you impacted a lot of uh, a lot of players, a lot of young men. I mean, that uh, text that you just shared about a kid who never played brought a tear to my eye. That's really good, Coach. Listen, congratulations, uh thirty-four years. Now, you're not that you're, you know, you're not going away from the school, and you're still going to be around, but uh, you're not going to be the head man on Friday nights. Congratulations on a tremendous run, and I'm certain uh, you know the hundreds uh, of uh, of kids that you've impacted uh, shouldn't be lost on anybody. Thank you, Bruce Vertan, and congratulations, Coach.
4: Thank you. I appreciate it, guys.
1: Yeah, good to talk to you. Bruce Ferton and Ames High Head football coach. That's really cool.
2: It is. Didn't Love play to a see snap, that. and boy, you made an impact on me, coach. Wow. Looking through uh, some of the old numbers and the old teams for Ames, at least in the Quick Stats era. Quick Stats mm-hmm. era started in 2006 with uh, all the numbers there. And I'm looking back at that Austin Arnaud team, and boy, that's a tough draw, huh? Yeah, really. I mean, if. They- People, we all harken back, and we had this we've heard the arguments, high school football, now the new process in 4A, and the way that it's going to be done, and it was always better in the old ways. Wasn't always better? Not no, exactly.: No, no, it's
1: not. <laughs> uh, we will take a time out, we'll come back, finish up the hour. We're going to recap last night. We haven't had a chance to do Isn't that. crazy? Left. I got into the Astros, uh, and uh, it's, it's the, it's the uh, sports topic of the day. It, yes it, it, it's not even close.
2: And thank you for the phone calls for checking in with us, yeah. and we can show everybody, yes. People still do enjoy talking baseball on the radio.
1: Indeed, indeed. We'll be talking a whole lot of yes, baseball here will. in the weeks to come. Miller and Condon until noon. Uh, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to talk some puck with our buddy Joe O'Donnell from the Iowa Wild. And then Wade Lookingbill, former Hawkeye. He'll preview the tilt tonight, Big Ten Network. Trent and I are with you on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and now on 106.
3: Pre owned vehicle for less.
1: I just got a uh, text from Coach Burton and forgot to mention Ben Cotton. Oh, there's another good (laughs) name. Another big name, absolutely. Uh, So, uh, Thanks to Coach for coming on. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate that he did. And uh, glad to shed some light on the uh, aimed little cyclones of the football program up there. All right, Trent, let's uh, go back to last night. Look, uh, Illinois State couldn't miss early in the basketball game. Missouri State couldn't miss from three early in the basketball game.
2: That's that Missouri State team that was the preseason pick to win it. Win the MVC this year. That was the team we saw last night in Springfield.
1: It One. was really close. It was like a three point game um, 25, 22, something like that. And then, boom, in the blink of an eye, they were up 22 at, uh, at the break and Drake never recovered. Likewise, Illinois State, uh, they jumped on you and
2: I pretty good early. They, they did, and you and I came back, and then Illinois State responded yes, and did. extended that lead back, and then it was what the end of the half, a twenty to two run, seventeen mm-hmm. to something like that at the end of the half. As you and I came back from down nine to uh, get a good lead at the half, Illinois State got back within three, but you and I continued to go, and it's AJ Green, boy. I, I don't know if we are, I don't know if we're. We've spotlighted him. We've talked about him. Maybe it's not enough. You brought up that national poll that he was mm-hmm. in the top fifteen for national player of the year. These are national basketball writers. Wait, we
1: expected to see Luca Garza's name on of it. Course. And it was. He yes. was he was number two, I think, at the time. But number fourteen was a kid who plays you and I.
2: AJ Green. Right. And this is And still... these are national writers. Yes. This is an inside our borders. Yeah, this is <laughs> it's not you and me and Emerton, right. and Leistico and Randy and, No, that that's not what this is. This is the national beat seeing this, and it's not even a UNI team that's still not in the top twenty-five, which is surprising to me. It's they get they beat Loyola in Chicago. You think that'll do Saturday? It? It has to. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I thought they were going to be in it this week. But right. Regardless. Uh, but then, uh, So let's go to Iowa State. Look, I thought the biggest play of the game, Trent, for them was... Into the first half? Yes. Reeves I'm right three. Right there with you. Reeves hits that three. It's <sighs> a one-point game. If he, mm-hmm. No, I'm not saying that they would have won the game. They wouldn't have. No. Oklahoma's a better basketball team, uh, especially without Ty- Tyrese Halliburton. And they're going to be without him the rest of the way. I don't know what the rest of the season... I do know that Caleb Grill got more minutes last night than Mm -hmm. he would have. I mean, he was scoreless in his last five outings. Finally gets some. He got a couple of threes, got going a little bit. Terrence Lewis lit it up offensively. I'm not surprised. No, you've been saying that for two years now. (laughs) Uh, He got his opportunity, but um, Nixon played every one of the 40 available minutes. Solomon Young did what, you know, I, I just it it's a disappointing year there's, is, there's yeah. no getting around it trent i i hope they win another game i won't fall off my chair if they don't i really
2: won't i don't think that's a stretch yeah they're they're not a good team and then they lost their best player mm-hmm. They're far and away Their lottery pick their best player on this squad that's not a stretch at all and and then you know what this offseason is going to be mm. it's there's going to be plenty of negativity. Uh-huh. I understand plenty of positives about the recruiting class. The Johnson kid will be eligible after sitting out this year. His transfer from Troy, but we thought the same about Nixon last year. He's going to be said he's going to be eligible this year, right? Too, right? And it doesn't well, always work out. Well, the good thing is he can uh, he can shoot the ball well. That, that's kind of his calling card, and they need that on mm-hmm. this squad because oh, Trent. Uh, this is the that's a glaring glaring omission. They don't have one. I mean, Bolton tries. Is it about going back out there and? The two-forward lineup, the old-school lineup, Uh a center, a power forward, it just hasn't worked. Uh -uh. Jacobson's out of position when he's playing the four. He is strictly at the college level. He is a center. That's who he is. And you can tell he doesn't feel comfortable. He He leaves everything short. Everything is front iron for him this year.
1: It's just crazy. When he misses his shot, I don't know, four times out of the five misses, it seems like it's going to go off the front of the rim. I don't know what it is. Well, okay, so let's do this. Uh, eh, you know what? I don't want to pile on. I was going to say, most likely, they still got Oklahoma State, but that game's in
2: Stillwater. Yeah, Texas
1: is here this weekend. They had Texas beat, but they had Texas beat with Tyrese Halliburton.
2: TCU comes in later in the season. It's a TCU team going the wrong way. They I, lost six consecutive mm-hmm. games now. I
1: never thought that they were that good to begin with, and they got off to a good start. Look, they play on Big Monday this week. They do? Yes, they play Kansas on Big Monday. Oh, it's Kansas. Okay. But it's Iowa State-Kansas. How... how ugh. I mean, I, I'm I'm guessing that ESPN's trying to wonder if they can bring flex scheduling to college basketball by Monday.
2: <laughs> well, in, in the past few weeks, there's been two Big 12 games, and they would have that flexibility if they really wanted to. One on ESPNU, the other one on ESPN. Don't have that this week, though. It is the standalone Big 12 mm. game this on Monday. This needs to be parked on a Tuesday night on ESPN+. What's the number there? Ooh. Ooh.
1: I... It, it. What what's the what's the how uh, the biggest number that, uh, Iowa State's biggest underdogs since when in a basketball game?
2: That's going to be probably something that you're going to be going this through the data This is where the researchers mine, yeah.
1: need to find right. The last time
2: Iowa State was, was, was a this big of a plus dog point underdog in basketball, we're talking right. <laughs> right now, Ken Pomeroy has it at 18. But remember, those numbers also have Tyrese Halliburton baked into them, if you mm-hmm. will. Twenty-two. Mm-hmm. You know, we had lunch with Chris yesterday. Yes,
1: and he didn't think that the uh, line makers were baking
2: in the Tyrese Halliburton right. being gone out of the lineup. And at halftime, I was about to text him and yeah, say, "See, I told you." They know a little more than you, Chris. So, and yeah, then, yeah. And then the second half happened. Fifty twenty-five. They're outscored in the second yeah. half. It wasn't It wasn't good. It got bad in a hurry. And defense. There. I mean, they were just waltzing. They were like pylons. They really were. Yeah. It's just
1: going to be a long year, and. Um, you know, we we wondered a couple of weeks ago, was there going to be that one special night at Hilton? Right? You had Seton Hall back in when was that around? Thanks. Was that a Sunday? It was on a Sunday night, right? And it was up against obviously Sunday night football. Seton Hall, you have just seen them the week before. It's clearly their best win of the year, and it's not even close. Right? I mean, by a mile. By the way, I watched Creighton Seton Hall last night. This McDermott team's going to sneak really up good. on some teams. They really, they good. really are. And their best three point shooter didn't make a single three pointer. Boy, they are good. Um The Big other East? Is good. John- yeah, I told you it, you know I love the Big East. I know you do. It's and that five thirty tip it was terrific. You love those. <laughs> I do, but it was I mean, I'm not a Gus Johnson fan. Just doesn't do it for it just you. Just doesn't do it for me. I I don't get it. Well, we'll see. So uh of the three, one of them got the win last night, and that was you and I as the beat goes on for the Panthers. Uh, did, we, did we mention that Drake, you and I, the game has been picked up by ESPN2?
2: I don't know if we mentioned it or not, yeah, but Yeah, February 29th, great.
1: absolutely going to be great. Some national TV for that bad boy. All right, we're going to start off the 11 o'clock hour talking hockey with our buddy Joe O'Donnell. We'll talk about the Iowa Wild. I do want to pick his brain on all the changes that young core that at least we thought was going to be uh, on display night in and night out. Up north in uh, St. Paul, those guys are all gone as uh, they made some significant changes. So we'll do that. Uh, Wade Looking bill's going to slide on in here as well. Miller and Condon till noon. is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM.